Apple rewards failure. Apple rewards failure. And I believe that if you can embrace failure and say like, I wanna chase failure as fast as I can. I want people to laugh at me, destroy me, bring me down to my bottom so I can build myself back up. You will have a stronger tower than before. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know how we do this every single week. We're gonna bring you a story of an athlete, a celebrity, an entertainer, somebody who's performing at the highest possible level, who's recognized that The Burn is what ignites their why and their purpose, and causes them to show up every single day, on the days that they don't want to, and especially after they win. From time to time, we like to do very special things for all of you, and today is one of those very special episodes. We are coming to you from Las Vegas. Many of you online, you saw the amazing boot camp experience that took place with Ed Milet, Tim Grover, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, Justin Gatlin, some of the best speakers in the world who came together for an amazing experience. I've been doing these boot camps for over 14 years, and I'm telling you, we took it to a whole nother level. And if you missed, we may have some details for you on our next boot camp, October 6th through the 8th, in Puerto Rico next year. And I may have the man on the show today who might be able to just share a little bit of information about that, but we're here to actually talk about his story. And his story is amazing. Iconic Becker is a gentleman who I had the opportunity to meet after I spoke at an event eight months ago down in Atlanta, Georgia for our friend Ali Awad. And I get done with this event. Like, here's a guy who knows what he's doing, right? And I finish this event, and all of a sudden, I come off the stage, I'm hanging out with the crowd, as many people know that I like to do, and I'm getting ready to head to the elevator. And all of a sudden, Icon says to me, hey man, I liked your talk, do you mind if I walk with you to the elevator? Walks to the elevator, rides on the elevator with me, and we talk about something that I had been making excuses about. Our Uncommon Live community had been encouraging me, you need to get back to doing boot camps, we need live events, we wanna meet each other. Now we've all been able to get together, which has been amazing, because I kind of had the courage to push me along with the Uncommon Live group to say, man, I would love to be the one to help you with your next event. After we started the planning for the event, we'll talk about that, but I found out the amazing story of Icon, his passion, his energy for life, influence from family. We also had to have his father at the event, which we're gonna talk about, but some amazing things that have influenced him and also adversity and challenge coming close to death. Hang on to your seatbelts, put them on, because I'm telling you this right now, you're gonna love this episode with Iconic Becker. My friend Iconic Becker, founder of Clever Events, welcome to The Burn. It's a pleasure to be here, Ben. It is, uh, it's been a long time listener ever since I met you last year. Uh, a couple episodes are in my podcast playlist all-time highs, especially with Dr. Lyons, so uh, it's, a, it's a true honor to be here. Well, it's awesome to have you on. I'm gonna get right down to it. Let's do it. Many people don't know the story of the challenge and adversity and the near-death experience that would have kept you from even being here on this couch. And I think so many people go through challenge and adversity, but sometimes they allow things that really aren't that significant to hold them back from being their best. And I just love your story and what you fought through to still be able to do the work that you do today with so much passion and energy. So take us to the event and what you've been through. Yeah. So. Let's rewind back a little bit. It was basically about three years ago. We were trying to start our own marketing agency and we tried to do it the way everyone else did, which is like, let's go to doctors and gym owners and anyone we can that can afford a one to 2K a month marketing budget. 
and we sucked. We were awful at it. Nobody wanted to work with us. No one took us seriously. And uh, we really struggled to get clients. And so eventually, we were watching the movie Avatar one day. And in Avatar, there's a great lesson that most people skip over. You see, everyone thinks Avatar is about humans destroying Earth and we need to protect life. And that's definitely a core element. But do you remember the end of Avatar? I'm sure you're a fan of the movie, right? I've never seen the movie. No. i got to be honest. Are you I'm not one of those guys who says, like, hey, I'm not a science fiction guy. It's got to be real. We're fixing that after, the, after this podcast. But, I'm going to be honest. You always get the real answer. But basically... The people in this in this fantasy world, they all live in fear of this giant like bird-like dinosaur that flies in the sky, right? And so the people can ride smaller versions of these birds, but no one ever tries to mess with the big one because it's so massive, it's so intimidating, it kills everything in its path. But one day, one day, this guy decides, hey, this bird is the biggest thing in the sky, so it doesn't worry about getting hunted, so it never looks up. So he's the one guy who decides to fly above the bird and jump onto its back, and that was the first time that anyone ever conquered such a beast, and he was able to not have the most powerful bird in the entire sky and command an army from it. And so I said, wait a second, guys. We need to go for the clients that are so big that they don't look up. We live in Fort Lauderdale at the time, so we said, let's go and go, let's cold approach a super yacht company. So we bust in the doors. We say, hello, mister. We're going to do your marketing. And an old gentleman stands up, and he says, we've been running this company for 20 years, and not a single person has ever talked to us about marketing. What do you got? We went him through ideas of video content creation, the whole nine yards. We ended up closing the deal. It was our highest paid client. It was six times the retainer. We were asking from anyone else at one-fifth the amount of work, which is just an example of what happens when you lean into individuals who don't look up. So we started building this super yacht production company out, and we were filming these mega $30, $50 million boats. We had a $23 million private island we did a whole TV show on, and our little small team was building. The videographers that are actually in this room right now were the ones who helped me all that time ago starting to build that production out. And we had a little business that was starting to move along as a media company until the pandemic happened. Instantly, within 61 days, all of the wealth, the clientele, the prestige we built up was instantly destroyed. We went from being the guys who were like, we're doing something great here to what the hell are we gonna do now? Now in between those shoots, we randomly would shoot live events. And I had an idea one day. We realized that most people only have the feedback from their own event, but we have the content from everyone's event. We've over a thousand testimonials, over a hundred different live events. We know more about live events than the people who ran the events themselves. So let's study the testimonials and see if we could run a couple events. And so we spent four days watching every single testimonial, translating it, finding the links, and eventually we had a product that we were like, this could be sold to help people run events in a time where no one was running an event. So we called up the worst client we ever had and this guy lost almost $200,000 on his event by the time it was all said and done. We called him up, we said, we've got two promises for you. Number one, we're gonna make you back all that money on your events and we only need you to do two things. We need you to A, follow everything we say and B, you need to pay up front because we wouldn't last another week in terms of payroll and um, we, it, was, uh, it was a pretty bad situation. He agreed. We ran the first event three months later in Mexico. We had 200 people that we secretly found this hidden castle mansion for, hosted it during a global pandemic, and were able to make an experience that everyone walked home with and saying, this is the best. Events are back. We're on. We and my amazing team here were high-fiving each other. We've got a new business model. We're the event guys now, right? And words quickly spread that we started running events. So... A couple months go by, we run more events, more events. And about six months later, a client comes to us and says, I'm running an event and we're gonna do an offer at it. What do you guys know about offers? 
And we said, well, once again, we have all this footage of everyone else pitching from stage. We know how much those events made. Why don't we just watch the pitches, see what they did right, see what they did wrong, and then we'll just teach this guy to do it. We asked him what his target was. He said, we want to do $300,000 in a day. And we said, no, we're going to do a million. That was our big number. We want to do a million just because we want to shoot for the stars. This was it. So we spent two months preparing this pitch, preparing the event, the whole nine yards. We had 250 people in a parking garage in Miami all together for this event. We do the offer and we didn't make a million. We did 1.2 million. We did it in four hours. This was the best day of my life. This was the moment that I was like, we finally have a company where I can feel proud of myself where I can go home to my parents, look them in the eye and say, mom, dad, we're gonna be okay. To have my team, the people that are still here by my side and say, well, I'm never gonna have to worry about money again. This was supposed to be my day. And I drove home that night singing Sweet Home Alabama and We Are the Champions after I hear this million dollar day. And I'm so excited. My mom calls me and she says, how'd it go, how'd it go? And I said, mom, 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 I'll tell you when I get home. I'll tell you when I get home. A major part of reaching your peak performance is having the right people in your life or organization. And to help with that, we are proud to introduce our strategic partner, Spark Companies. No matter the industry or workforce needs, Spark Companies provide extremely effective solutions for leadership recruitment, staffing, and other workforce solutions. For our listeners, Spark is offering a no-cost consultative session to help identify your specific needs and how they might be able to help. To schedule your free consultation, head over to bennewman.net forward slash spark. That's bennewman.net forward slash S-P-A-R-K. Now, let's get back into the show. I'll tell you when I get home was the last words I said to her. Because about 16 minutes later, a motorcyclist that was kind of just speeding at an obnoxious speed, came and collided with the back of my car on the highway. Now, my entire life, I've never been in a car accident before, and I didn't know what to do, and I panicked, and we pulled the car over to the side of the road. I see this guy, he's laying there. It's, it's 3 a.m. in the morning on I-95, and I'm freaking out. I don't know what's going on. The bike's over there, he's over there, and I'm thinking, this guy's gonna die. And I, I don't know if I'm supposed to do something, am I not, is this my fault? I'm freaking out. And all I knew was that there was someone there and we needed to figure out what to do. And I, I tried taking a step forward to help. And in that moment, another car came and hit me at about 50 miles an hour. Full body, straight to the front of the car. Flew about 86 feet, I hit the sidewall. They peeled me off the paint about 13 minutes later. What was supposed to be the greatest day of my life, the time where I finally got the chance to say, I did it, like this is my moment, like I, I, I'm winning mom, like I, I, everything's gonna be okay. Instead that phone call was met with, your son is, we're not sure if he's gonna make it and uh, you need to get here right now. And it felt so unfair to go from all of this effort, all of this work and finally keeping and telling my team like it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, going through a global pandemic, losing a company twice, having our greatest experience, this was my win. And life took it away an hour later. How has your appreciation for life now changed? Have you gone through that? Something that's interesting about that experience is a lot of times people go through these experiences and they, they change and they live every day with this new viscosity. 
and this new high on life. And honestly, man, I waited for that. I waited for it to come in and say like, I'm alive, I made it. But it didn't come. It didn't come immediately. Instead, I was mad. I was mad at everything. I was mad at life. I was mad at myself. I was mad at everyone. I was mad at this guy who hit me with a car. I was mad at the motorcyclist. It was, why am I even trying for all of this? And I, I, I didn't understand where I hoped appreciation would come. It never did. But these guys, the guys that are in this room right now, were at my bedside when I didn't have legs to walk on. And when I couldn't stand for myself, they stood for me. And so appreciation, I've, maybe I'm going about it the wrong way. And I haven't mastered gratitude yet myself. It's something I need to work on better. But I've realized there's these pockets of moments in life that it hits me that I'm still here. And we're, we're doing good. And we made it through that dark patch. And we're moving forward. And now we're going. And now it's working. And it's those little moments that have made everything that much more worth it. One of those moments was sharing the stage with you this weekend. Being able to be on top of this amazing penthouse and having all of your attendees come around. Attendees we're in the room with right now look so sharp, all dressed up, black tie affair, your face on a poker table. Like all of those bad things happen and yet we're still here on this penthouse. And um, it's those little moments that pay out for the, I guess the bad ones realistically. One of the cool things about that moment and the, the clever team, your entire team, from doing a Casino Royale event. I mean, you talked about a first boot camp that I did where there were nine people to now having so many amazing people from different countries and 30-plus states come together and have this great experience. But the Casino Royale overlooking Vegas and Ed Milet speaking. And did you ever think that you would be able to bring your father? So this was a really cool moment for me there. I always love the stories of things that happened. But to bring your father. It looks like that experience with your parents to know that you almost died, to know that maybe you'll never do events, to know that there's this pain, but to have your dad back there with you. What was that experience like? You know, I, um, I came to Vegas for the first time five years ago. It was because my dad wanted me to fly in directly on my birthday. So he flew us in. So the moment we landed in Vegas, like clock striking at night, it was my birthday. And uh, we flew in on Spirit, but he wanted to make it nice. So we got first class on Spirit, which is, God awful, <laughs> to say the least. But we landed, he was like, we're in Vegas. And uh, as we drove, he made sure to go through every single hotel on the strip and say, one day you're gonna speak at these. It's like, yeah, you're, this is it. You're gonna speak at the very top of them. And so when we had a conversation before the event and we were just talking about where the Palms was gonna be at and the, the poker table on the roof, you know, being able to open to you and just be like, this is, I would love to, to show my dad that it's like, hey, we made it through the hard times. Our challenges did not define us. These obstacles didn't stop us. As I like to say, that car didn't kill me, certainly this one either. And we made it through this and here's the view. Here's that small brief moment that pays the dividends. And so when you gave me the honor to, to not only share the stage with you, but to bring my father along to this event and have him participate, um, it, it was truly one of the greatest gifts any of any of our, our, our partners, even friends has ever given me. And so for that, I'm eternally grateful. Uh, it was awesome to see you. It was awesome to watch your dad's eyes as, as you were up there. And your dad participated in workouts and all the great things, and, which leads me to, I've always been very detail-oriented. 
very, very important for me. I mean, if people saw how really anal I am with how I do yeah. it. It's pretty wild, pretty extreme. But the level of detail that your team put in from that casino rally, event, I mean, literally clearing out the ghost bar, turning it into a casino, putting a stage in this beautiful place, to the ballroom that was chosen, and the lights that were chosen, and the smoke that was chosen, and the food that was chosen, every single detail event, to the VIP event, the hardcore suite with Tim Grover, yeah. which obviously makes sense. So badass. With all the, the, you know, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, all those that he's worked with. So right now, this is actually, I'm just going to throw it out there, the first time we've ever done a live filming with an audience of The Burn. We have members of our elite boot camp that are with us now. This beautiful penthouse. Every detail was nailed. In my opinion, I'll we'll have to go to the What do you guys think? <laughs> Every detail was nailed. Why are the details so important to you? Because I've been to so many events. I've spoken at, I mean, hundreds upon hundreds of events. And sometimes you go to an event and you're like, okay, they threw this thing together, but there was not attention to detail. Why are details so important to you? Yeah, so... A great event, people always think a great event is defined by good speakers, and don't get me wrong, speakers are important. A good location, um, or, a, or, a, or a crazy experience, an excursion on site. But I think we can all agree that the greatest events are simply the events that deliver on the promise they set. So we took attendees from point A to point B. That's what we said we were going to do, we made it happen. Every other detail of the event is simply built around supporting that, right? So if we want to have it where we want attendees to identify their burn, and be, able to be an understanding of how to chase and attack it, we don't want them thinking about things like, is my room, you know, where am I gonna stay tonight? Where's the food at? You know, is, is the room gonna have water? Things like that, that takes them out of flow, takes them out of focus. And uh, I'm gonna give a little shout out to my, my lead coordinator, Kaylee, because Kaylee and I share this fear of, uh, of uh, imperfection in every element, you know? And so I think Kaylee probably read over the master tracker at least 20 times over because our, our fear is that we step into these rooms, like I was saying earlier, with these giant birds that don't look up. I mean, Ben, you're a very powerful individual. My dream as a kid was to be Tony Robbins on stage. To be able to share this podcast with one of the top five performance coaches in the entire world is, is a dream come true. And so it's like, for us, to be able to even work or align ourselves with you, in our mind puts us at such a high level of perfectionism that a degree under is just not acceptable for you. Standard. It's not, yeah, degree <laughs> under the standard is just not acceptable. And so, um, and so, you know, you took a lot of trust and built it on our team, and I think our team equally wants to make sure that's respected. And so details shape the experience, but as long as we can build an event that delivers attendees from point A to point B, and they don't have to think about anything else, then we've created a great event. And I think that's a formula anyone could take away. One final question. A lot of people have great ideas and then they fail to execute. A lot of people, you know, because a lot of people come when you do events, and I've been doing events for a long time. This is nothing compares to what we just did, and I'm just so forever grateful to you and to the entire team and all the, the discipline, the time, the dedication. I mean, people saw what happened behind the scenes; it'd be, it'd be yeah. mind blowing. What do you say to that person who just doesn't have the courage, whether it be an online event, whether it be an in-person event? The people who they know they want to do something big, but they just have that fear. What do you say, having all these events that you've done, what do you say to those people? Yeah, I think it's something that Hermosi once said to me backstage, which was, there are a million ways to win, and there is only one way to lose. And that's simply giving up, right? Not trying at all. And so, for a lot of our events that we've made, we, 
royally screwed them up. We tried our best, expectations were misaligned, and it felt terrible, but we still moved forward. Connotation, now we go. Car didn't kill us, this one either. And so, if that's not gonna stop us, I like to fail forward, fail fast, and fail harder. Our company's mission is simply fail harder this year, and um, that's, that's, that's what I would encourage anyone to do. You know, Google rewards failure, Apple rewards failure, and I believe that if you can embrace failure and say like, I wanna chase failure as fast as I can, I want people to laugh at me, destroy me, bring me down to my bottom so I can build myself back up, you will have a stronger tower than ever before. And um, I love that one more, one more piece because you had mentioned yesterday actually from the stage, the important, uh, don't tell us the great feedback, tell us the feedback that's gonna make us better. Yeah. I think that falls in alignment with what you said. Absolutely. Am I, I, am I allowed to ask you a question? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so my question for you is, you've, you, it's been a long time since you've ran a boot camp. What was the moment that really shined over everything else this weekend or this week for you? Oh, I would say that when I, when we were up top and I stepped onto that stage, which once again was strategically placed in the perfect place, and you look out to Vegas. I mean, it literally was like you could have taken a step and you're like off the strip. And I look out and I see all the lights and then I turn around and hear all these amazing individuals that whether it was the first time having an opportunity to meet them, or members of our Uncommon Live community, or there were friends and to see my wife's eyes who had never been to a boot camp all these years I've been doing them just to see everybody. You know, I'm a crier. I'm gonna, you know. yeah. And so for me, the emotion of that, it just, it just made me want to just pour into everybody. And I was so grateful. It was so humbling, and it was just almost like this scene of perfection. But then I go into attack mode, so it was uh, yeah. it was this perfection excitement. But it was like, all right, now it's time to attack. It, it was incredible. And now that you you were at the end of it, we're closing on our amazing elite day in this awesome penthouse here at the end of the event. Um, we mentioned the 2024 boot camp in Puerto Rico. What what excites you most about that one? Like, what idea do you have going forward that's like, I, I want to drill into this, I want to lean into this more? Well, this is, this is why my screws are loose, because I like when I say never finished or own it mentality, like it's never finished. Like, you love it, that's like, you want to do it again, you know? And you want to continue to give back, and you want to continue to serve, and it's what more can you do? And a uh, little side story, and then I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. But uh, Coach Ballou, who's the strength coach at Alabama, I'll never forget, we win the national championship. It's 2020. We're down in Miami. Everybody's up late the night before, and then all of a sudden wake up the next morning, and we're texting each other about how we can't wait for, like, next season to start. Yeah. And so there's this love, there's this passion, and then you say, okay, we got to stay connected, continue to deliver on what we just did, which means that you have to continue to provide environments that allow people to continue to do that. So... Yes, it gets me excited that there's lots of things that we have upcoming, including that Puerto Rico boot camp. But we're going to continue to do something which was very important, which we all delivered on together, which was create an experience that hits people in all different areas of their life. Not like other events where it's just, just a bunch of great speakers. Yeah. Literally, we're continuing to attack every single area of people's lives. So there's nowhere to hide. We're creating an environment that makes you uncomfortable and it challenges you your best. So it's always fun for me. We challenge everybody, get to December the 25th, allow that to be the foundation for new thinking, heading into the next year to be a new you. And then next year you come back and it's like, okay, how did I do over that last year? Then we keep attacking it and doing it again. So I, I couldn't be any more fired up for what lies ahead and the, the community that we have to continue to do it together. And I'm, and I'm grateful to you um, and to the Uncommon Live community for encouraging me to do it again because this exceeded my expectations in terms of how I feel, my excitement, my energy. 
to continue to give back and forth. Absolutely. I'm supposed to be finishing the show. I feel like I'm finishing your show. I, 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 <laughs> but hey, I'll, I'll do this. I'll say thank you. Um, and this is not like a sales pitch for you, but I've been to so many different events, and uh, people need to be talking to clever events at ICON because there's something special about the way you do things. And uh, I appreciate you, and uh, look forward to growing together. Uh, thanks for coming on the bird. To the moon and back. Thank you. thank you so much. And thank you guys for all coming and playing full out. I want to give a round of applause from you, from you, Ben. The first live episode of The Burn. I can't thank you enough for every single week choosing to join us to hear amazing stories, oftentimes adversity and challenge that makes you shift your perspective, a near-death experience to now having the opportunity to perform at the highest possible level. You have that in you as well, but you have to choose to connect to your burn so it ignites your why and your purpose and allows you to show up on the days that you don't feel like it, and especially after you win. We'll see you next week for The Burn. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.